0: Bound 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 bound
1: boom bound Wahoo Swordbreaker Hey Logan Jim here. Um, well, I love all of your <laughs> episodes. They're always full of really cool stuff and interesting takes on the different things. Um, but airships is especially timely because uh, I'm currently kind of going back over the um, crawl jammer uh, fanzine uh, DCC role playing setting, whatever. And um, so I've been thinking about airships and also like Burroughs, you know, his Mars and Venus stuff. So. Uh, but it was really cool uh, listening to your ideas on that and look forward to hearing more from you uh, take care and good night
0: thanks for the kind words Jim I really like Crawl Jammer. that's a magazine I've picked up the first couple issues of and hope to get a lot more of them because I really like the content
2: appreciate it hey Logan Aaron Clark I just finished listening to your airship episode, Excellent Stuff. I really like the list of evocative terms or phrases or whatnot about describing your airships, and I was really inspired by that. I'm really inspired by the idea of creating this list of terms for something unique or fantastic that I'm trying to describe in my games recently turned my attention back to Swordbreaker Issue 1, and I'm new to Dungeon World and trying to figure out the whole dungeon starter thing. Um, can you maybe point me in the right direction or give me some tips about how to use a dungeon starter? I kind of get that idea, but some of the impressions um, leave me with a bit of a question mark. Anyway, out of time. Thanks. Hey,
0: Aaron. Great question. A dungeon starter is really just a menu of goodies to use. Dungeon World doesn't require much to keep it going forward. You're setting a scene and asking the question, what do you do? That should propel the story plenty. A dungeon starter allows you to pick and grab things that are useful to you and, and drop them in so that You have something ready to to play. You don't have to do any extra legwork to come up with a monster or a particular scenario. The impressions, for example, from that first zine that you mentioned, I spread those out over the course of the whole adventure. So I have impressions from the village. I have impressions from the deep dark dungeon under the castle. And they're really just something to glance at. When you need a little something to add flavor to your story. So they're they're not meant to be done all at once or in a particular way. They're just something that you can pull from as needed
3: hey what's up logan it's joe richter man that was an awesome episode on airships uh i was super stoked when i heard you bring up the vimana. i just introduced them into my game except i use them more as like little stealth jet fighters though i hinted that there might be bigger ones around and i am definitely glad that you brought up other forms of air travel other than the stinking dirigibles. i can't stand dirgibles you can take them down with a single flaming arrow uh Uh, But then again, that just goes to my whole distrust of the entire steampunk genre. Um, I just don't trust stuff that calls itself punk and doesn't have any punk in it whatsoever. But that's a rant for another day. Keep on rocking, man. You're kicking butt out there. Peace out. Hey,
0: Joe. I get what you're saying. Although I do think steampunk does have the potential to have punk in it depending on how much you – bring up the injustice of the Industrial Revolution. If you really drive hard the machinery that just ground people into dust, then you could really play up some punk elements in that genre. I appreciate your calls. Thanks so much. Hey, Logan. Evil Jeff here with Minions and Musings. Been catching up on your back catalog, and the episode Something Borrowed that you did... Uh, in the back half of it, you had a bit about bug nights, the variations on it. And two of them caught my attention because I, I, I could immediately see them from examples that are out there in animation. Uh, the knight that was turned into a bug. If you look at um, Kubo and the two strings, there's a knight, a samurai that's been turned into a, a beetle. And then if you go to the Naruto animation, the manga and everything... He has a friend, she that has parasitic bugs that live inside of him that he commands to do his shinobi stuff and everything. So, yeah, those are just two of them that I could think of right there, examples that somebody could use. Great podcast. Keep it up. Hey, Evil Jeff. Great examples. I really like those. That was perfect timing bringing up the bug nights thing because... I just turned out my latest issue of the Swordbreaker zine, and that's pretty much what it's about. It's called Carapace and Claw, and it's all about a country called Latakara, which is completely recast out of insect and simple plant life. So you'll have castles made out of mushrooms and people wearing parts of bugs on their bodies and all sorts of... Strange giant insects and and mold and things like that. You can get this zine by being a one dollar a month Patreon supporter, or eventually, when I get my next issue out, this will go up on Drive Through RPG, just like the all, the all the others, as a pay what you want zine. I really appreciate you bringing it up. Have a good one.
3: Hey Logan, it's Cody. I want to tell you about a dream that I had last night. I was um, in a megacity, uh, like the ones you see in Judge Dredd. And in fact, I was on the on the lam from one of the judges. And I was hiding out in one of those huge, like, city block apartments, uh, doing drugs with my friends. And and um, we we were having to run from this judge. He kept finding us, and we kept running. And it was kind of like Scooby Doo we're running indoors and anyway um we eventually got outside and i looked down and realized that uh, it's not concrete that my building is on but in fact we're on the back of godzilla um so i wanted to know how you would handle kaiju and mega cities in your games i know that you did an episode on cities and i can't remember if you did one on kaiju or giant monsters or not so anyway bud take it easy
0: Leave it to Cody M. to call in and set three episodes in motion. (laughs) That's awesome. What a great dream. I'm so glad you shared that with us. This episode is about Kaiju because of this call-in. I plan to do an episode on cities and an episode on dreams all because of this. And Actually, I haven't done a cities one yet, so that's that's perfect. I really appreciate your call-in, Cody. Have a good one. Wahoo! Swordbreaker! It's a... monster! (laughs) Cody M. of the excellent No Say For You podcast called with the suggestion that I talk about kaiju, which is the ideal subject for me because I love kaiju! For those listeners who may not be familiar with the term kaiju... It refers to the giant monsters of Japanese cinema. Things like Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, Megalon, King Ghidorah, Gamera, all the greats. What do the works of Toho or Daae Studios have to tell us about role-playing games? If you're playing a Dungeon World game or any other role-playing game and you want to introduce a monster that towers over buildings and causes mass destruction, what are some of the rules of the genre that make it feel legitimate? Rule number one. Giant monsters represent something. Whether it's the result of our own explorations into the science of destruction like Godzilla. Our filth and pollution like Hadera the smog monster. or a retribution for the misuse of power like Daimogene. Giant monsters are pointing out something to us. It's similar to the flood stories of the ancient narratives. We've done something to bring it upon ourselves. Rule number two, the disaster must run its course. You're not going to go head-to-head with a kaiju and take it down. That's just not what they are. Think of them more as part of the setting. Dungeon World works really well for this because you can create monsters that don't have hit points and are not intended to be fought in the traditional way. It also has a super solution in the form of the wizard's ritual move. The negotiations that are part of that move can help set up the entire course of your adventure. What are the things we have to accomplish in order to bring an end to the destruction? Finally, rule number three, complications, complications, complications. Put the heroes and the monster on the same path so that they are crossing each other as often as they can. Trying to get across a bridge? So is the monster. Trying to engage with some foes? Better get it done quickly because the monster's going to tear up the castle all around you. Make it crazy. 8 Variations on a Giant Lizard Number 1. Storm Giant Skeleton Maybe come up with some myth about a storm giant that wanted to live forever and then raise that skeleton, wreath it in lightning, and cause destruction everywhere. Number two, Mighty Myconid. I believe that one of the largest living organisms is actually a mushroom that spreads this impossibly huge distance underground. Since that's the case, why not? Translate that to a myconid and make a huge mushroom that walks about causing destruction everywhere it goes. Number three, Elemental. This one turned out to be just exactly what they had in the new Spider-Man movie. Take those classic elementals and boost them to huge proportions. They make really terrifying creatures. Number four, Giant Statue. Ray Harryhausen's giant statue from Jason and the Argonauts is probably one of the coolest things ever, and I would just drop that into a game in a heartbeat, because I adore it. Number five, Wrathful God. What if Gozer the Gozerian was given a proper form rather than a marshmallow man? I think that direct confrontation with the gods in your setting could be really exciting. Number six, living embodiment of greed, a walking treasure hoard. Imagine some greedy soul that collects wealth around it until it becomes a force all of its own. Then it's traveling through cities and towns, smashing open the buildings and sucking up all the wealth leaving a path of destruction and poverty in its wake. Number seven, Walking Wizard's Tower. A giant, walking stone fortress with battlements on top of its head where the wizard stands, blasting down with spells in the same way a dragon might breathe fire. Number eight, Angry Tree. People have done enough damage to the forest The biggest tree you ever saw is coming and it wants revenge. super excited about my newest patreon supporters they're just in time to receive the zine carapace and claw and their support will go toward the art in my next issue which will be called the answers to dark questions all killer no filler ben miller and the mighty joe banner thank you so much Joe Banner is someone who I've been following for a very long time, by the way, and you should definitely check out his stuff at his Patreon. Lots of great adventures that tie into one enormous epic setting. Cool stuff. Thanks again to Luke Wade for the cool Swordbreaker theme remix. If you want to get a hold of me, you can call into the show using the Anchor app, or you can send a note to swordbreakerzine at gmail.com. The crew at your table is making demands They want adventure in fantasy lands Wahoo! Swordbreaker! You need some options and you need them now They're bored with the owl bears and sick of the drow Wahoo! Swordbreaker! You're brilliant, it's true, but you know in the end Even the finest can use a friend With random rambling and homebrewed lists Listener content with awesome twists Bounce, 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 Swordbreaker!